All right, we have an interesting episode of Side Retired, the only podcast coming at you guys today. There's not going to be a guest on today's episode, but instead with spring training starting this week, James and I are going to be taking you through five interesting topics to look for during the spring training season. So James, let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan Campion, joined alongside James Tausig, as always. And James, how you doing? Spring training starting. I know your college baseball season starting as well this weekend. So how's it going? Going good. A little 2-0 start to the season, so couldn't be better. Absolutely. And we're going to be talking about the five storylines that we are going to be looking at during this spring training season. I guess how we'll do is I'll throw the topic out there. James will give his thoughts on it and then I'll give my thoughts and we'll continue moving on. Nice, quick, simple episode for you guys just to have some baseball content on this Sunday morning. The first one is the pitch clock is real. James, I don't know if you've seen it yet implemented in your games. I know they're using it at the college level as well. Georgetown here, we did see it in the ninth inning. Our pitcher didn't throw a pitch within 20 seconds, so he got charged with the automatic ball. But that rule is coming into effect spring training next week as well at the major league level. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think I understand you want to be able to pace play the game. Um, you know, in our Friday night game, we had a kid get punched out on him not being in the batter's box in 20 seconds. And uh, well, yes, you know, it's obviously you know, good. Our team got the strikeout and run around third, two outs, full count. Uh, you know, but it's just it's so weird. Like you like you're you're happy, but you're also like, that's not baseball. Like if we just accomplish something by doing nothing, like and it just it's such a weird feeling. Uh, we had a couple of those 20 strike ball calls as well. Um, I, I understand we want to speed up the game, but like uh, there has to be a better way to penalize than adding balls and strikes to people's at bats like i don't i don't i don't know i i, I don't i mean you can't find people but like i <laughs> like i don't know how you find a way to like enforce it that doesn't affect the way the game is played you know what i mean like because mm-hmm. you shouldn't just be adding balls and strikes because somebody wasn't doing something in a certain amount of time like it just it doesn't make sense especially <sighs> i guess maybe unless they made the rule where it, it can't happen to enforce a strikeout or to enforce a walk, I think that would be maybe a good tune-up that they add before the season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what if a World Series game is decided on because somebody didn't... You know what I mean? Like, what if it's basically 3 two, two outs and someone walks in the game-winning run in the World Series because they didn't throw a pitch in 20 seconds? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just... There has to be some some better way to enforce it before we start taking away guys at bats because you know each at bat leads to how much money you know like each a hit or a walk or or a strikeout can determine a guy's contract for the next seven to ten years mm-hmm. and so well you may say oh it's just one pitch or like oh just get in the box that determines how much money they could make on their next contract how many times they aren't within that time frame so i think it's a little ridiculous i think that the mlb definitely needs to find uh, just a way to better police it and enforce it without ruining at bats for pitchers and hitters and then same thing with a pitcher say he gets that automatic third strike with bases loaded two outs three and two 
then all of a sudden when you go back and look a week later, you can say, oh, he got out of a bases loaded jam. We can trust him to pitch in a close spot. But when in reality, you think about it and remember, no, he got the automatic strike. He didn't actually have to throw a pitch in that spot. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how pitchers and players and coaches as well deal with the automatic strikes. I know we also, Georgetown, were talking, well, does that technically count towards your pitch count? Because you didn't technically throw a pitch, but it's being recorded as a pitch thrown by the tracker and all that stuff so it's a really interesting situation we'll also get to see how pitchers react to the clock i know some organizations like the mets and yankees have begun when pitchers are throwing their bullpen sessions to use the clock as well to make sure they're getting in their tune but definitely something to keep an eye out for during the next month or so in spring training the second topic we want to talk about is of course injuries no one likes to talk about them but they seem to happen in spring training We've already gotten our first Jacob deGrom scare as he's been shut down for a couple of days. Nestor Cortez backed out of the World Baseball Classic because he's has a hamstring, I believe, issue, as well as Carlos Correa has not shown up to camp yet, but he's expected to be there in the next couple of days to see what his ankle is like. So your thoughts on injuries in spring training? How should players be preparing for the season that's still a month away, even though it's reporting time? And what should we level of concern be for a guy like Jacob deGrom, who is already experiencing soreness? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of laughable, I think, for Mets fans. You know, they said, oh, he's gone, but he's not even going to pitch. He's going to get hurt. And Ranger fans were like, oh, yeah, we're sure. We just got our guy. Like, we don't want to hear it. And boom, it took 55 minutes before Jacob DeGrom ended up uh, having to miss some time in, in early early February for, um, I believe they said a lat, right? A yeah. tight lat. So, uh, so Yeah. We'll see where this leads them. Um, obviously, you know, we don't want to see any guys get hurt these next upcoming weeks as they begin to ramp it up uh, and prepare for spring training games um, and just the season in general. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is definitely – I think the beginning of spring is where you really look for injuries the most. This is where guys are most prone to get hurt uh, when they're coming off their off-season training and beginning to ramp back up into full full big league form. Uh so obviously you don't want to see any injuries uh, unless it's guys on the Astros or the Red Sox. But, <laughs> but yeah, here at Sad Retired, we want everyone else to stay healthy. Yep, and then obviously going alongside of injuries, you do have all the free agents that are still out there, and there aren't that many headliners. All the big guys have signed, but there are really key pieces or solid big league contributors. Guys like Yuli Guriel, Didi Gregorius, Jerickson Profar, Zach Britton, and Trevor Bauer are all still out there to be signed by teams. James, is there a particular free agent that you want to highlight? Maybe a guy like Gary Sanchez, Mike Moustakis, Brad Hand, Brett Gardner. I'm just looking through a bunch of lists. Luke Voigt, Cole Calhoun. These are all solid big league players that should be on rosters in a normal situation. Maybe it's just that they're waiting for, in the case of Gary Sanchez, if a catcher gets hurt, he's the guy that a team's going to call up and say they want him to be their starting catcher. But what do you think the free agent landscape is like? Guys like Yuli Gurriel, guys like Didi Gregorius, who are looking for a job to get at some point this spring. Yeah, I think, I think obviously there'll still be a market out there. Um, I think once guys kind of arrive for spring training and teams kind of see what they have on the field, you know, they kind of get a look in person, you know, GMs are walking all around, coaches are walking all around um, and they kind of see where the needs are at each position. I think those guys will get scooped up right away. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Guriel is obviously, the biggest piece up still left out in this free agent market. I mean, he's a really high quality hitting first baseman, a guy who can get it done in October uh, and even November now. So um, 
so yeah, I think I think if you're a playoff contender, uh, a team looking to fill a first base slash DH void, um, I think I think Guriel is a great fit, um, just because <laughs> I think you know you're gonna at least get two sixty uh, average production. Um, but I think that his ceiling is at least a 285, 290 type player. You know, we've seen him put up those kinds of numbers, uh, even at his older age. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised nobody's gone and got him yet. Uh, but I think I think most likely he ends up with a playoff contender because he still wants to add more rings uh, to his collection. Other guys like Elvis Andrus, Andrelton Simmons, Archie Bradley, Tyler Naquin, Miguel Sano. A lot of really solid baseball players are still out in the free agency market and could be signing at some point. There's also the World Baseball Classic, which we'll do separate episodes for at some point later, which is if you also haven't checked out our episodes where we interviewed Jared Lakin, as well as Jake Kalis from Team Israel of the World Baseball Classic. Definitely check out those interviews to hear more and in-depth perceptive as to what the World Baseball Classic is like. The fourth topic we want to get into, James, is extension season. We've already seen Christian Javier sign an extension, and Jeff McNeil got one with the Mets. So it seems like it is the time of year where guys will approach with their teams that they want to stay long-term. Five names that we've heard that least rumblings about include Pete Alonso, Shohei Otani, Kyle Tucker, Brian Reynolds, and Ian Happ. Do you think any of those five guys could get it done over the next month, or is there someone that we're not really thinking of that you could think locks up long-term? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think a lot of these uh, extensions are really going to get signed in the next month. I think guys are starting to shift their focus back to the season, back to baseball. Um, I think if there was going to be a deal done, it would have been done already. Um, I don't think it's very likely we see any extensions signed, especially not from Otani or any big guys that are set to hit the market this off season. Uh, because you know, the price tends to go a little bit higher whenever you have uh, multiple teams bidding for your, services uh, as Aaron Judge proved this offseason he was able to milk out an extra 150 million dollars uh, from the New York Yankees so I think a lot of guys are going to go that route bet on themselves uh, and and even when if you don't have a good season uh, teams will bid against your team to try and earn your services uh, you know hoping that they can turn you around uh, back to form that you may have been in in previous seasons I think we saw that with like a Cody Bellinger this offseason Mm-hmm. And I will go with the bold prediction that the Houston Astros are going to get another extension done. They got Christian Javier about two weeks ago. Not sure the exact player. Maybe it's Alex Bregman, who's a free agent after the 2024 season. Maybe it's locking up Jose Altuve on a last of long-term contract from Valdez. Kyle Tucker, the Astros have way too many players that are currently expected to be free agents in the next three or so years. They did it with Javier getting him on a five-year extension. I could see new GM Dana Brown saying, I want this guy on the team long-term. And so he's going to lock up his guy in the near future, give them a nice team-friendly contract because Dana Brown is from the Atlanta Braves organization before he was an Astro. And we know from experience, the Atlanta Braves like to lock up literally every player in sight. So he's going to take that tendency and lock up at least another Astro player during spring training. The last topic we want to cover with you guys, New York Mets. The debate used to be who's going to pitch opening day. And they went on a stretch of six consecutive years with six different pitchers, whether it was DeGrom, Syndergaard, Harvey, Bartolo Colon, Mike Pelfrey, Johan Santana, Dylan G, and Jonathan Nice all started opening days in the span of a decade. This year, there's two really viable options. It's the new young, not young, but new 
flashy tool in Justin Verlander. And it's also technically the veteran of the Mets staff because he's been there for two years now, Max Scherzer. In your opinion, should Max Scherzer get the opening day start as the guy who was on the team last year? Or Justin Verlander, the big new free agency signing, should he get to be the king of New York? Uh, I think Max Scherzer. Uh, you got to go with the guy who's been on the team. Uh, Scherzer is going to be your ace. Um, I think in the playoffs, you know, we can that that becomes a discussion for later about who's pitching better at the time. Um, you know, maybe matchup wise, who matches up better. Uh, but I think for opening day, Max Scherzer's uh, earned the ball, and I think that's that's his start to have. I believe the Mets also play seven games on the road before coming to City Field, so you could also do in a way that Scherzer gets opening day and Justin Verlander gets to pitch the home opener if he pitches third in the Mets rotation. So if you align it as Scherzer, Senga, Verlander, that also allows you to split up the two aces while at the same time also getting Justin Verlander to start at least the home opener. Max Scherzer gets the actual opener on opening day against the Marlins and Sandy Alcantara. It's another guy. Maybe Alcantara gets another massive extension. I know he's got one right now, but coming off of Cy Young, if you wanted to give him a nice seven-year contract or something like that, but lots of fun stories to keep track of as spring training continues to roll on. There will, of course, be when players report to camp in the next week, all the constant, he's in the best shape of his life, all those sort of things that you'll see at spring training. Some signings, some trades, some extensions, some bullpen sessions, World Baseball Classic ramping up. But James Lester, anything else you want to throw in? All good, shaking, nodding heads. So enjoy spring training. We will be back next week with two more great interviews coming at you. If you continue to enjoy these formats of interview episodes that we're doing, make sure to let us know. DM us at SideRetiredPod, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as if you have a guest idea, whether it's yourself or whether it's someone you know in the baseball industry, we would love to hear from you recommendations on who to have on the show. So for Dylan and James, until the next time, the side is retired. <laughs>